listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. specifically amongst your people. Amen. Lord, it's inspiring to see those who have a mind, my God, to abandon this benighted world in which we're living and see the nearness of the end of time and what we're going to do, we must do quickly. Give us a general awakening here tonight, Father. Speak from heaven. My God, we're living in a sleepy time when people are shaken and they'll fall right back off in a moment. My God, and they are not able to perceive clearly when you are slumbering and when you're sluggish. Give us that, uh, that ability to make clear your word tonight and speak from your throne, specifically to our hearts, and get good results in thine own self. We won't fail to praise you because we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Job chapter 34. Beginning. Uh, with verse number 31. <laughs> Surely it is meet to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement. I will not offend any more. That which I see not teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, I will do no more. We want to talk to you tonight about a perfect, a perfect attitude, a perfect disposition. When I study this, even amongst my acquaintances and those that I've known and worked with, I must admit that I have seen few people of this particular caliber, a perfect attitude. What you are indeed is your attitude. See, there are some things external that we uh, emphasize quite strongly. And of course, there's a necessity there. But what you are is your attitude. You are no better than your worst attitude. So if you're trying to find a criterion by which to judge yourself, check your attitude. Now, listen, if your attitude is wrong, whatever you do doesn't even matter. You understand that? So there's no need of trying to uh, emphasize your strong points and trying to uh, be impressive by those things that you cling to so tenaciously. But... We're talking about a perfect attitude tonight. Now, I want to show you something in these two or three verses, if you'll pray with us. Surely it is meet to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement. Now, 
Chastisement is not pleasant. When you're under chastisement, you're under pressure. Chastisement is grievous. But notice what he said now. Here comes his attitude. I have borne chastisement. Listen, I bore it. Now, if you want to tell what a person is all about, get them under pressure. And they'll forget what they are and begin to vindicate themselves. See, listen, uh, I often tell you in choosing mates or whatever the case might be, or even on jobs, uh, you don't know a person until you know their attitudes. You understand? See, people, that, as we have said before, there is more than one side to most people. You've only seen one side in most instances. You understand? See, what you see of people at church is not always what they are indeed. There's another side to most people. You understand that? All right. But now, uh, that being a fact, you, you might only see uh, one side and you might make a decision on what you've seen. You know, years ago, uh, when people would uh, consider marriage, they would go to the parents. A young man might go to the girl's mother and says, what about her? Uh, how uh, does she react when uh, maybe you give her an added chore? Or uh, when you maybe deprive her of something that she wants? Does, is she given to tantrums and, 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 and does she pout and all this kind of thing? And of course, and it's too bad to find that out later. <laughs> it, is, it is detrimental to find that out at a later date. So these things, instead of looking across the table, eating shrimp dinners and lobster dinners, you should be trying to find out about some attitudes. And all that, and talking about how dreamy, how dreamy your eyes are and all this kind of stuff. You, should be, you better be trying to find out the attitude because you go, their eyes, they might get a glaucoma one day, they won't even use those eyes. But they're going to keep that attitude. You understand it? All right. I have borne chastisement. Listen, listen. Surely it is meet to be said unto God, I have borne chastisement, and I'll not offend anymore. Now listen, listen, listen. Uh, if you want to know the character of a child, you notice his reaction when he's chastised. If you sit there and pout for two days, you got something on your hand. You got a real character on your hand. He goes out, if you, if you, after you chastise him, he starts tearing up stuff and start writing on the wall in your afternoon and, and going by the house and striking matches on the house and all this kind of stuff. You got, you got, a, you got a spirit there to deal with. See, you chastise him, but, but the purpose was not accomplished. He did not respond to chastisement. You got a real situation. Same thing in the church with God. God chastises you to bring the best out of you. But in some instances, it brings the worst out of you. The Bible says if you do not bear under chastisement, then you're bastards and not sons. Now, if you cut up when God chastises you, well, the same thing with a minister. When many times a minister has to use a chastening rod, and I judge an individual, I can tell what you're all about if I have an occasion to chastise you. And you come back at me. We got a deep situation here. 
See, what we're, we're endeavoring to chastise you for your own, in your own best interest, and you are reacting like a brat. You got something there? But now, I've seen little children who uh, they senses that their chastisement is in their best interest, even though it hurts. And they would just humble themselves the more. That takes all of the fight out of you. Uh, that softens you. That uh, makes you sympathetic toward the child. The very fact that even after he's been punished, now he's reacting with such a sweet spirit. I have born, I took it. I took my chest out of it. I took it on the chin. Amen. And, and I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to talk back and why it had to happen to me all the time or, or why not somebody else. It seems like I'm the only one. I look like I'm pointed out. All this kind of stuff here. How do you think God feels about that when he's only doing that which is necessary to your salvation? He's doing what's in your best interest. Now, and this is the situation. You don't determine the methods that God uses to chastise you. Now, you understand this? You understand this? Chastisement is not chastisement unless he spanks you with something that's going to hurt you. You understand that? So now, he might have to use something that's closest to you. Something that means most to you to chastise you with to get to you. You understand that? So many times, things that uh, you feel most is coming upon you for the purpose of chastisement. I know people do have to be afflicted. And the Bible uh, uh, commends that in some instances. There are people who have had to be disfigured. What? Because they were proud and they needed to be chastised. And God had to do something to take all of it out of them, otherwise they go to hell. And now you're gonna now you're gonna rise up and get bitter with God because he allowed it? When he's trying it, we couldn't do it otherwise. The word didn't do it. He gave you a message, that didn't help you. He gave you a scripture, that didn't help you. Now he's got to use the rod. I'm born under chastisement. You know what? Many times when things come my way, and I, the first thing that I do is become solicitous. I humble myself. Lord, what is it that you're trying to tell me? Lord, I ain't done nothing. I mean, all that kind of, you know, just going to start vindicating yourself and pleading your own cause before God even uh, lets you know what it's all about. That, that's real sad. Uh, oh, I'm not the only one. All this kind of stuff. That's a poor attitude. And try to, try to point out somebody else who's doing something worse than you're doing and all this kind of thing. You don't do that. That alone, that, that alone uh, uh, disqualifies you. Why? You should be so concerned about being righteous separately. If everybody else is doing it, forget it. If I'm wrong, I want to know it. Now listen to the word of God. They want me to try to get you to heaven. Listen, listen closely. I took chastisement, I borne it with a right attitude. Come on! Even in the home, that might be a kind of chastisement to whomever. Uh, but unless it's an attitude, the fruits will, be, will not be good. If you chastise me something, somebody and they come back at you, then you've got to fight. It's strife. Then the purpose has gone contrawise. You understand? Even with words. 
Okay, well, I used to, I had to chastise my wife. Well, she come back at you. Or whatever the case might be. If she come back at you, you got a, you, you got a strife there. And you got a, a worsened situation. And by that time, they don't care whether they're right or wrong anyway because they've gone two steps in the wrong direction. All right? It brought results. It brought results. Not offended anymore. You just tied me, Lord, and it worked. I'm better as a result. I searched my heart and sought out the reason. And I submitted myself. I didn't try to say, well, I'm all right. I'm not doing anything wrong and all this kind of stuff. You know, if you did it, you must have had a reason. I might not always understand the reason. But if you did it, you had a reason for it. And I know that you're God. And I know you don't just arbitrarily put nothing on anybody. If you do it, you're doing it in my best interest. And I'm going to take it as such. That'll be my attitude. And Lord, give me grace just to stay here until you're through. If you got to lay it on me and if you got to uh, uh, skin me as it were, then just let me stay here and not murmur because I need skinning. All right. Some people become belligerent and vindictive when they are chastened. All right. A chastisement, as we forestated, can work anyway. Now let's get into the word. I have borne chastisement. Lord, I won't do it anymore. When a child, when a child says, Mama, I won't do it anymore. That gets to your heart. You say, well then, my purpose had been accomplished. I have maybe a child or something that I've only had to spank one time slightly in their entire life. What? Because uh, it, they were so uh, moved by that little spanking that, that I won't do it anymore and I accept they mean it. And you know, I never knew them to do it again, had to whip them anymore. But some almost lost grace. <laughs> whip with sticks and lay them down where I listen. And they did it before. <laughs> yeah. Surely it is me to be said, my God, I've borne chest time and I'll not offend anymore. I won't do it anymore. I won't do it anymore. My God, th these repeated offenders, that bothers me. God done everything he could to break you. Almost killed you. Some people go to prison. Some people uh, get sick. Some people lose all they got. God trying to chastise them and nothing affects them. They go right back and do it again. That's too much. That is too much. You drive a parent to despair if they whip you and, and they do their best to try to help you and, and, uh, and try to break you and you're going to do it anyway. You just drive them to despair. They almost give up. That's too much. To put a parent in a predicament when they got to go that far to try to straighten you out. That's too much to put on a parent. That is, that's, that's, that's wicked. That's low to put a parent in that position that they'll have to do that to you. They don't get no delight from that. That's not their preference. No uh, sympathetic person gets in the delight out of chastising another. All that we do should be redemptive. And is redemptive. We're not doing anything out of personal vindication. Listen. Number 32, verse number 32. That which I see not, my God. Will you notice this perfect attitude? 
Oh, my God, let me try to show you an attitude here. Now, this is the kind of attitude that will get you to heaven. Nothing short of this. This is the kind of attitude that will make you fit in the building properly. Listen to what he says. That which I see not, Lord, teach me. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? No fight whatsoever. Lord, what I don't see, teach me. I realize that my, my understanding is limited and my, my sight is not altogether developed. And uh, Lord, even though I don't see it, I have no fight against it. Some people just fighting, just fighting constantly. I don't see that, I don't see that. Lord, if I don't see it, teach me, please. I want to know. It might cost me something. It might deprive me of something. But Lord, I, I, I want to know. I'm not going to fight it. I want to know. I really want to know. Amen, amen. Everybody say that don't really want to know. I know that because I've tried it a few times. Oh, Brother Hampton, if you see the thing, just tell me. And I, I thought they really meant I tried that a few times. And I don't care to tell you the results right now. Listen to what he says. That which I see not, teach me. A real sanctified person is teachable. Now, they want to know. That's why you don't have any problem having a sanctified person to measure up because they want to know. They're not trying to get by with anything. They're not trying to press no point. They want to know. And Lord, if I don't know, just teach me. Let me know. I want to understand. Now, notice the B part of this. How does it read? The B part B. If I have done iniquity. If I have done iniquity. I will do no more. Lord, teach me. And if somehow what I have done is iniquitous, maybe I didn't understand it. Maybe I did it under the guise of, of doing what's maybe proper. But if I've done iniquity, I, if you just let, I won't do it anymore. I won't argue about it. You won't have to take me in conference about it. You won't have to take me in the past study. My, I'm all, my heart is already set. If, and if somehow, if somehow after you teach me, I am made to see that it was off, I guarantee you from this night I'll never do it again. I'll drop it like a hot potato tonight. That's a perfect attitude. Brother, if you had a whole congregation of people like that, you'll see some power. Amen. You'll see some glory. Amen. You'll extend the pastor's life. Amen. Honey, I'm sorry that you offended. And what I, I want to know how to do it. And uh, if I see it. If I understand there was something amiss about it, I won't do it anymore. Oh, I won't do it anymore. I won't say it anymore. I'm not going to let the devil in this family, in this marriage, I won't do it anymore. Because I don't care, I can sacrifice it. I don't have to do it. All I'm concerned about is essential things. I mean, if it's something personal, I mean, I'm not so concerned about having my way, I got to keep on doing it. I don't care about that. I'll sacrifice that. I won't even do it anymore. I'd rather sacrifice a thing than to sacrifice a, a pleasant marriage, a pleasant home. I won't do it anymore. I rather sacrifice a thing than to contaminate the congregation. I won't do it anymore. I know there were some people who got saved and they didn't understand some things. Well, I don't see that, but I tell you what, 
I want to be with the saints. I want to be in, in communion with the saints, so I give it up. I, I don't quite see it, but, uh, and maybe I'll see it later on. Maybe uh, you'll teach me, but I won't do it anymore. I will say, you're not going to put your conviction on me and all that person. Oh, no, 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 not that kind of spirit. You're not going to put me under bondage. No, not that kind of false spirit. That's a false spirit. Amen. If you teach me, I won't do it anymore. See, uh, a sanctified person is teachable. Oh, and James, see, let me show you something. Always. Now, let me show you something. You find a person that you can't teach, you can't instruct, they don't have no Holy Ghost. I guarantee you. And I'm making a declaration. So there's no, no, there's no discussion about that. James chapter 3. That's the way it is. James chapter 3, verse 16. For where envying and strife is, there where is envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. What verse are you reading? 3.16. All right. Where envying and strife is, there is confusion. Lord have mercy. Wait a moment. Wait a minute. Let, let, let me look at that again. Where the envying and strife is, there is confusion. And in other words, if you're striving, if you got envying and strife in your home, you got a lot of other things in your home. If you got envying and strife in your congregation and it's tolerated, you got some other things in your cup. If you got envying and strife in your own soul, you got a lot of other things wrong with you too. That's the Bible. It does not, it does not live alone. If you're envying and striving, you got covetousness, you got lust, you got a lot of other things along with it. The Bible said it. All I do is just fuss a little bit. No, you do more than that. You do more than that. Or you do more than that. We better study the word of God, children. And when, if I see you envying and striving, I go, oh, they're corrupt. But they're they just, just a little strife. No, no, they're doing more than that, the Bible says. I might not see it. They might do it behind closed doors. Or they might do it, amen, away from me. But they're doing it. Because the Bible says you're doing it. If you're envying and striving and don't want nobody to get ahead of you and, and feel bad at the, uh, at the uh, success of others and all this kind of thing, and you're striving and you're contending constantly, and uh, let me tell you this, well, let's discuss it. You know, you better know the difference between discussion and strife because that'll cost your soul. Well, if we can sit down and discuss it, you better know the difference between discussing and strife. There's a, there's a world of difference between discussion and strife. You better get it. If you're striving, you're out of God's order and you, and you lose the grace of God out of your soul. A discussion is just to try to get an understanding, not to get the mastery. So you're striving when, for the mastery, you're striving when you want to prevail, but a discussion is just to try to get an understanding. And that's, and that's, what, and that's your objective, get an understanding, not to get your way, not to prevail in the argument, but to get the understanding so you can do what's proper. But when you are... are fussing and clamoring to get what you want. And that's strife, and that's and you're out of God's daughter. And that's why many people are dead in their soul today. They'll never get nowhere in the spirit. Never. They won't, have a, they won't even have a testimony. Not a real one. Why? Because envy and strife has killed you. I'm telling you, it's killing you. dead. And most of them are dead. Many people are dead already all over, all over the country. Everywhere we go, people are dead because they are envying and striving. And strife is another spirit. Well, we just sit down and discuss it, not sit down and fuss, though. Not sit down and contend and, amen, and, and try to overrule and overrun and prevail. That, that, that's something else you, you get your way and come out on top of it and, and all this kind of stuff at any cost. I am telling you tonight, 
the one, the message that I was talking about preaching, fine-tuning for heaven. I never preached it yet, but that's what I'm trying to do now. You know, when you're talking about a car fine-tuning, that's when they put the scope on it. And they gap those plugs down to the thousandth of an inch. And they set the timing, uh, put a light on the timing. And every little thing, so everything was stroked properly and fired like it ought to. Everything working absolutely perfect. That's exactly what I'm trying to do now because you are closer to wherever you're going than you think you are. I don't care what you are and how strong you think you are. The world is rocking and reeling today because this athlete with Chamberlain died and he was, he was still athletic and still running and all this kind of stuff and a great athlete and all this. But he, as, in his early 60s, he's out of here. And you can think what you want. You can think you're robust now and trust in your strength and trust in your seeming youthfulness and, and your ability to uh, mobilize yourself and all this kind of thing. But then, well, let me tell you something. All of those little things that you're feeling now, the little uh, inadvertent uh, occasional headache, you don't know what that means. Amen. Amen. Thank God that could be a message from home. Amen. I don't care what your age might be and all this kind of stuff and your irregularity and your normal habits and all this kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you something. You better listen. Brother, I'm paying attention. I'm not going to ignore it and go and try to live in a state of denial. Got people around here, I, mean, I don't care. You can go to the doctor, go to the clinic, you go where you want to go. I got an, an article in the paper last night. I hope you read it. I don't care to go into it now because that would be a different subject. But I hope you read it. We're going to move on. It says, for where envying and strife is, there's confusion. And every evil work. Why? Because the spirit of strife exposes your spirit of what sort it is. When you're striving, that's fighting. And when you fight, you're murder. You do anything. The Bible says you're angry with your brother, I'd call you a committed murderer. So when you're fighting with words, you're, you're a murderer. See, you don't want to take it like that. That's why people lose out with God. You don't want to take it that serious. You want to go that far with it. But, but the word of God does. Just like I said, he that look on a woman, uh, commit adultery in his heart. What? Letting you know that it's, it's deeper than just what you see. When a person gets angry and say all the most striving words, and you can call it by whatever name you wish to. All right? How does it read? For where envy where and strife, and strife is, is, there is confusion, confusion and in every, every evil work. And every, and every evil work. Read on. But the wisdom, the wisdom that, that is, is from, from above, above is first pure. First pure. Uh -huh. then, peaceable, then peaceable, gentle, gentle, and easy to be entreated. Easy to be entreated. Listen, don't you know the one? It should not actually and truly, in most instances, if there are people of any magnitude, there are some people that the path almost trembles to approach. You know what kind of reaction you're going to get. That's tough. Don't you know they want, uh, uh, and, and a husband shouldn't have to tremble to, to, to approach his wife. Come on, brother. Come on. Well, I, even if it's not, if you don't come all together right, and especially if one try to be reasonable, you shouldn't have to tremble uh, afraid of how they're going to go off on you on, on, on anything that might be contrary to their wishes. Don't you know that ought not to be? That ought not to be mentioned among church of God. Lord, I want, my wife is doing it. I, I need to tell her. Uh, my, my husband, he, that's the thing. It would be well if he understood. But I'm just afraid to mention it to him. I'm afraid he's going to go off on me. That's too bad. Here you are living with somebody and something that's not in the best interest of the family. And you can't even approach him about it. Your approach might not be absolutely perfect. You're afraid they're going to go off on you? You're afraid there's going to be a whole week of silence as a result? 
That's too much for me. That is too much. If you have that kind of relationship where you, uh, if you are that unapproachable, that's tough. The Bible says easily entreated. In other words, I mean, there is no problem. You have no fear. You know, uh, you don't have to slip up on that blind side. Any saint should be approachable. Any saint should be open to investigation. Even the pastor. Pastor, I, I know, I, I got confidence, but, I, but two, three days in a row, I, I noticed your car parked up there on, up near that, uh, that uh, little uh, hunky-tunk there. And uh, it, it seemed at an unreasonable hour. I admit that somebody's been driving your car, whatever the case, but I just want to be, you know, clear. Uh, so, can, you know, tell me what the deal is. You know. <laughs> well, you know, I tell, I tell you what, uh, one of my children from out of town had my car for a couple of days. Uh, it might be that people down there on, on, uh, on Woodbridge got one just like mine. It might have been theirs. Oh, that, I, I see, because, you know, I thought it could have been yours, and, and I know that, you know, you, I thought, oh, that's all right. I mean, you can investigate me. It's no problem. Well, keep me knowing mind your own business and the other. And all this kind of, you know, no, no, no. no. Listen, wait, wait, wait a moment. My business is your business. When you go to the church of God, your business is everybody's business. Not that we're concerned about your business, but you're representing us. That's why you got to apologize when you do wrong, because you're representing us. You understand? So, so you don't have no personal business in that respect. You understand? In that respect, you're where you can do what you want to do and nobody's concerned about it, nobody's concerned, you're going to kill them talk of us. No, you can't do that. No, you can't do that. If you're going to testify to me and want me to accept you, if I got some question marks, I got a right to talk to you, ask you about it. Without afraid, you'll go off on me. I have a right to do it. I have a right to do it. Always snooping, always, no, no, well, I have a right to snoop. Amen. What? I'm not snooping for the sake of snooping. I am snooping because I want to see you clear. And there are a few question marks. And so the only way I can get it clear is, is ask you about it. And you wouldn't like it if I asked somebody else because they might give me a wrong report and then you'd be mad about that. So every saint should be open to investigation. We should be able to investigate you. So what, 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 what's, what's going on here? What, what's the situation here? I, 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 you know, I, I, I sing it right. Come on. I, I came by your house the other day and I, and I heard some clamor. I don't know whether that's a noise of battle or whether that's a noise of rejoicing. I, were, you, were, you, were you all rejoicing or were you all fighting? I don't know. I, I want to be clear here. Could have been either. But in, anyway, it was just a little unusual and it, it was, it's worth of investigation. All right. How does it go? Uh, easily to be entreated. Either to be entreated. Lord, teach me. You can do, you're teachable. Lord, if, if you teach me, if you teach me, I'll do it. Now, I mean, I am not refraining because I don't choose to do it. I'm refraining because I don't know to do it. And because I want to know, Lord, I want to draw nigh to God. And the only way I can draw nigh is to do what's pleasing in his sight. And I can't do what's pleasing in his sight if I don't know, so teach me. Amen. Teach me, Lord. That's what I, and when I have devotion in the morning, I'm not just having devotion so I can testify about it. I'm doing what? Teach me, Lord. Teach me how to conduct my affairs. Teach me how to react under pressure. When I'm assailed suddenly, when people just run upon me all of a sudden, amen, and, and do this kind of stuff, and, and maybe I make a little wrong turn and somebody cuss me out on the street, you know, and all this kind of stuff, you know, from that car and roll the window down beside me and call me a lot of names. Teach me, Lord. 
It'll teach me how to react here when I'm assailed without any fore, without any forewarning. That's what you need to know it. You need to know it. You're going to get in some circumstances and you don't know quite what to do. You, you better let God teach you. And if you don't know what to do, you might end up doing wrong. So Lord, Lord, if you teach me, if you teach me, I will acquiesce. If you teach me, Lord God, I, I, I will submit to it. Just teach me. I'll submit to it. That's, that's the attitude of a saint. That's a perfect attitude. And, uh, and let's see the latter part over here. Let's go back over in our, our text here for a moment. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna conclude it very briefly. Uh, uh, give me the, the latter part there. Uh, what is it? That okay. which I see not, teach thou me. Teach thou me. If I have done iniquity. Now listen, this is not, wait just a moment please. He is not talking about a deliberate transgression. He's talking about something inadvertent, something that I might have done uh, unwittingly. He said, listen, how does it read? That which I see not, teach thou me. The, that which I see not, teach thou me. If I have done iniquity, if I have done iniquity, I will do no I'll more. I'll guarantee you, Lord, I'll do it no more. There was a fellow one time who had gotten saved, and he had heard that secret orders were wrong, masonry and all this kind of stuff. I hope you're not in a secret order, mason, and well, you got to take all these old elks and all this rock and all this stuff. Anyway, we won't go into that tonight. Uh, he said, uh, uh, I understand that uh, it's wrong to be a part of the secret order of masonry. He said, well, that's right. He said, are you part of it? He said, not anymore. Not anymore. What? Uh, I, all that I want to know, if it's not proper, if it's not acceptable in the church of God, I am through with it. Not anymore. What an attitude. I understand the saints don't, don't advocate this. Is that right? That's right. We, uh, that's correct. Not anymore. Down in West Virginia years ago, when the saints were taking their stand on TV and whatnot, a fellow was preaching down in West Virginia, and so he said, I understand that you all don't uh, go for TVs. He said, that's right. And he took it out in the backyard and got a double bass shotgun and blew the tube out of it. I didn't know, but I heard the message. So I'm through. Just teach me, praise, and I'm through with it. I am finished with it. Amen, I'm finished with it. Thank God I'm not studying about no questionable stuff. I'm trying to get to heaven here and I want to be a good influence. So I'm not studying about no questionable stuff. If I have done iniquity, if it's off at all, you don't even have to have a counsel with me. If I just make me aware of it somehow and I'll do it no more than I've done it in my last time. Maybe it didn't really trouble me when I was doing it. But now that I got a little light, God gave me just, much, just one ray of light, I'll do it no more. I won't talk like that anymore. Amen. Now I see what strife is all about. I, I've been calling discussion, I've been calling strife discussion. But I'm saying now I've been striving. I've been, I've been up there striving. I've been, we, we've been back and forth. Didn't you, did, didn't you? No, no, that's striving. No, I won't do it anymore. I said, oh, I call that discussing. But I found out there was strife. I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, you won't get your way. I don't care about no way. I want to be right. You'll be the underdog. I'll be, end up, I'll be, be the underdog. I want to be right. I'm going to keep my spirit. I'll keep my spirit. You're going to conclude it. As soon as I'm made aware of it, Lord, 
Now, if you're proud, you're not going to do it. See, because what? If you stop, you know, just like some people, if you try to show them they're wrong, they're going to talk louder than ever. Because if, if, they, if they submit, then they will have to admit they were wrong. And that, that proud will not allow that. Some people won't even wait until to see what you got to say. They're going to start defending themselves before they know what you're going to say. What? They get that proud spirit, gonna, they got to be right, and you see you go to hell like that because you're going to end up wrong because you won't allow yourself to be straightened out. And you're going to insist that you're right until people leave you alone because people leave you alone don't mean you're right. They just don't want to strive with you. You understand that? Yeah, praise the Lord. I knew I read all the time. No, you wasn't. We just left you alone because you, 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 you were further off now than you were to begin with. So don't think you prevail because people leave you alone. You didn't win. You didn't necessarily win. You didn't, you didn't win. People just gave in to keep, to keep from striving with you. And you're not the victor by any means. A perfect attitude. Perfect attitude. You might wear a perfect skirt, but we want a perfect attitude. You might have a perfect hairdo. I don't, mean, I don't mean something frivolous. I mean perfect, modest. But we need more than that. <coughs> Amen. You might have perfect church demeanor. They praise the Lord proper, but we want more than that. We, a perfect attitude. Give, me, give, give God somebody with a perfect attitude. God can work with them. You'll prosper. You'll prosper in the spirit. You'll grow by leaps and bounds when other people are stagnating. That's what determines your worth, your caliber, your status, your attitude. Under chest tied when you're under pressure. You know, in other words, you're under pressure. Will you please leave me alone? I'm going through some stuff. <laughs> I can sense that, but you're not going through right. <laughs> please, please. Leave me alone. Before the Lord. Before the Lord? Wait a moment. Before the Lord? Wait a minute. That's not the way you go before the Lord. Not like that. You stay there until you get situated. Perfect attitude. When the Bible speaks of perfection, that's what it's all about. We're not talking about uh, a lot of little insignificant things. We're talking about an attitude. That's what perfection is all about, when that attitude is perfect. Where at Mount Zion, where the spirit of just men are made perfect. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Oh, I know nothing that I find greater delight in finding a perfect person. You can ride with them all over the country. You can, you can stuff them in a little corner. And they might not have no money. You don't have to buy them no McDonald's. And they'll still have a perfect attitude. They won't say you've been slighted. You got to respect. You buy one person, Sammy, don't buy them one. They won't say you're just showing respect to persons. Perfect attitude. Great grace has they that love thy Lord, nothing shall offend them. They got a perfect attitude. They won't be offended. They won't be offended. Do what you want to do for anybody and don't do it for them. They still got a sweet attitude. Pick up other people, amen, and let me walk in the rain. I'll still be sweet, amen. And next time I'll ride, if you offer me a ride, I won't say, no, thank you. And won't in the rain catch pneumonia trying to cut your nose off, spite your face. Shall we say That's what you need. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You can live with a person with a perfect attitude. You might have a lot of other stuff. A person might have five houses and a 50-acre farm. That won't do it. And ponies. They might have six cars, but that won't do it. You find them every day in the paper where they give them, they give them $5 million just to get rid of them, maybe. They give them a settlement. You don't even have to go to court. I'll give you $5 million if you get out of here. You can't leave. You can't leave. Money won't do it. 
Amen. Cars won't do it. Housing and land won't do it. That attitude, you live with attitude, you don't leave. I'm telling you, this is what you're living with, so I'm telling you people, amen, you, you're going to live with an attitude, you understand? You're not going to live with no, no, uh, no 36, 22, 36, you're going to live with attitude. You understand that? So quit looking and, and judge the right thing. That attitude will be there when long after all that other stuff is gone. Do you understand it? And it don't take but just, a, just about nine months in some cases. <laughs> be like the Egyptian, you'll never see it again. A perfect attitude. That's, now you talk about striving and getting before the Lord. That's what you ought to be striving for, a perfect attitude. Because what? If you've got a perfect attitude, God can work with you. God will take you to perfection. Yes, he will too. But when your attitude gets off, that's, it stops the process. It stops the process. 